Matt? Yeah. Oh, God. There's that voice. How am I sounding, sir? Am I sounding okay? Yeah, dude, you sound good. You sound like you. Am I radio worthy? <laughs> you yeah, sure. On a very special episode of Barcat. Coming in clear, so that's you know, that's all we that's all I want. Good. How's it going, man? Glorious. You uh, so a little more hiccups than usual. Uh but I don't know. You figured it out. So I'm glad that you're here and uh I don't know, boom, let's go for it. Yeah, I mean hiccups is the story of my life, man. So <laughs> and the podcast, because I don't know what I'm doing. Hey. I just learned the hard way. Right? So how's it so, going? Uh, good. I'm actually, we're, we moved from Berryessa to Fairfield, so I'm actually sitting in our backyard, which is partially set up. So I don't know what you guys can hear, but if you hear cars in the background, because there's a street next to me. But I'm sitting in the back with some string lights and a fire pit, and uh, I figured this would be a good place for me to kick it and talk to you, because I like sitting by the fire pit. Yeah, uh, there's a little bit of background noise that uh, adds to the experience, so... Shut up, cars. <laughs> See if that works. It never does. No. But anyways, I, dude, I'm really grateful that uh, you're willing to do this. And I know we've been working on it for a long time. Um, but thank you for, for being on the show, dude. Uh, I, before I forget to introduce you, because that's my favorite thing to do is forget to introduce who I'm talking to. Uh, you are Ryan Arden. Yes. It's not a binding legal document, but yeah, that's you. And uh, I met you many, many, I think I met you in, definitely in high school, maybe middle school, but my brain doesn't work that good. Do you remember when we actually met? Was uh, um, it in middle school? It was, yeah, middle school. We uh, met through a very wonderful guy named Spencer. Um, oh, that was it. He was the... I'm not sure if it was Spencer or Nick. No, it was Nick. You're right. Yeah. Oh, man, it's all, <laughs> it's all screaming back to me. Not being able to fall asleep during sleepovers and getting my oh, ass kicked when I'm just trying to get some goddamn sleep. But <clears throat> Smash Bros and football, all sorts of stuff. And moving on to uh, pit slaps and Warhammer. Dude, my girlfriend kind of recently brought back the pit slap, and I didn't let her know how important and horrible that is. I'm just trying to, like, glaze over it like it didn't affect me <laughs> in a soul-crushing way that it did. Oh, it does every time. Every time. So bad. But, yeah, so, I, you know, I, you, you and I were close for a long time, and then, you know, we kind of went our separate ways and fell apart, and then you, like, absolutely disappeared yeah. off the face of the planet. You genuinely left the state, uh, and then, you know, it's 20, now it's 2021, but uh, whatever it was at the time, like, you weren't online. Uh, no one know where you went or a couple people knew which state you may or may not have been in and like where in the world is Carmen San Diego right yeah yeah every now and then I'd bump into your pops usually at the taco truck and uh I'd be like hey you know how's Ryan oh he's good and you give me like a, a quick 30 second summary and he's here he's doing that and whatever it's just like hey is that guy alive and you know he would go yes yeah barely but yes and uh <laughs> well you, you made it I don't know, maybe eight or something years, something like that. And then one day I'm just on Facebook and it goes, hey, you might know this dude, Ryan Arden. And yes, absolutely. I know that guy. He's back from the dead. He's he's no longer a ghost. He's rejoined society and the planet. And it was it was a neat thing for me because it was the last place that I figured 
I just kind of hoped one day we'd I'd bump into you or you'd be visiting your dad and I'd see you at the damn taco truck or something. Yeah. But the the online presence was like, hey, do you know this guy? I'm like, yeah, I know that guy. And it was like, oh, he's got four friends. I'm like, oh, he just got back online. Yep. And, uh, so, I, you know, I reached out to you and uh, immediately you got back to me and we've kind of reconnected since. And uh, yeah, it, I'm glad that you're back around, dude. Yeah, it was a uh, man. It was a wild ride. You know, I fell in love and, you know, became a stepdad and, you know, a father to a beautiful baby girl uh, and a brave young boy. And now I have three kids and it was, uh, it was a, it was a time of trying to find myself. And ironically, Matt, I was losing myself even more. Um, it wasn't like I was hmm. dropping the ball at being a provider because I could provide and, you know, I was a good present father, but, um, you know, I was new at relationships <clears throat> in my early twenties. And, uh, as much as, uh, me and the mother of my children really loved each other. Um, we were just a chemical reaction that was not good for either of us. And, uh, you know, going off and on, off and on with breakups and getting back together because I didn't want to, you know, break up a family. Um, eight years later, you know, and, you know, three kids, um, you know, I was almost 400 pounds and, uh, you know, incredibly depressed and officially broke up with my ex. And, um, it was, uh, it was tough. Um, and breaking up with her and losing that sense of having a family, which is hands down all I wanted, um, you know, was devastating to me, Matt. Sure. You know, um, I don't think that that could happen to anybody and not have it be so. Hands down, some of the worst feelings and experiences of my life right there. But here is the amazing thing that I really want to talk about, is that it was hands down the worst feeling that I could feel, but the best thing that could ever have fucking happened to me, to her, and my children. And since that has happened, I've been trying to figure out how can beautiful things stem from really dark moments? And maybe is that a requirement? Um, That's a, like, I love that you say that because uh, that has been my personal experience with almost everything that has been important. Like I don't, I was, you know, make jokes and, and self-deprecate, but all of the important lessons that I've learned in life have been the hard lessons. And it's, you know, like, I feel like there's people out there that read a book or see someone else make a bad decision. And then they go, I don't going to do, I'm not going to do that. But that's, that's not what I've done. And I like, I, it's so important to admit that failure is an essential stepping stone and nobody ever wants to talk about, you know, like the, the dark days or the failures or how, how many times things went to shit before they actually got good. Everyone's just like, yeah, pull yourself up by the bootstraps and things will work out. And they, they gloss over all of the, you know, the awful days of sadness and depression of how you failed and how you're not happy and there's misery. 
but they're the hard lessons in life are the ones that stick with you the most. Yeah, I think. No, a hundred percent, you know, and you know, my whole entire life I've lived with very low self-esteem and I've been <clears throat> very ashamed of myself and, you know, being you, you know, every shitty thing that you've done and every lie you made and, you know, mistake right. and trip. And, you know, it's uh, just recently I realized that, like, I need to forgive myself and show myself some compassion, you know? Um, it's the only way to be able to do that to other people, you know? And it's so incredibly hard, you know, to be able to put yourself in front of everyone else and, you know, look in the mirror and choose to appreciate rather than judge. Um, but it's, a it's a very rewarding process, Matt, you know, um, 2020 and 2021 were very rough years for a lot of people in this world all over. And I don't know if I should admit this on a podcast, but uh, 2020 was the best year of my life. Well, there's nothing wrong with you having a good year when everyone else is, many other people are having a bad year. Like that's good news. It is. You don't have, you don't have to join the sad wagon, man. No. I'm fucking glad you did good. You know, problems, (laughs) you know, problems aren't problems. You know, we were, you know, it's funny because we're raised, you know, and we go, Hey, here's the outline and, a stencil and this is what you should strive for and should feel and think. And, you know, these are problems. You need to solve your problems. Problems are just opportunities, you know? And once I realized that, you know, the worst feeling I've ever felt, you know, turned into the best thing ever, it's like you start to lose that fear of a problem coming to you because you're almost excited, you know, um, hmm. looking at it going, That's wow, really good way to look at it yeah and it's it is difficult you know especially when you know you're not on your a game you know um but i've been trying to build this recipe for myself um on what i need to do to be the best ryan i can be for myself for my kids and for everyone around me because we are all here for a bigger purpose, you know, and better than our nine to five jobs. And, um, you know, it's, uh, life becomes more of a curiosity and a play, you know, rather than so serious, you know, and stressful. (laughs) For me, it's, it's so cool to, to talk to you in particular about this and hear you say those things because, I don't know what happened, but I just like, I got the confidence gene or the lack of self doubt. Um, you know, like I have them, but I, having lived, you know, as long as I have, I, I absolutely understand that the way that my brain works is not how most people's brains work. And, uh, a lot of that has been beneficial for me because my fear of failure and my fear of, of many things isn't on the same plane as, as other people. Um, so I never had or had very few, uh, you know, like confidence issues. And when we were younger, like looking back, you definitely had a lot of that. And you, like I said, this is my perspective is like, you know, you were a man of many things, 
one of those things was you had some confidence issues and then you disappeared off the face of the planet. And then you came back and you're like, dude, I, I learned some lessons and I've, I've grown and progressed and you're, I mean, you're still you at essence because you know, when you were you and you were happy, that's the you that I speak to now. Right. Um, but you know, there was ups and downs and, and trials and tribulations and we were in high school and, and younger. Everybody's such a piece of shit when you're young. Kids are so brutal, myself included. Um, but it's, it's so nice. I don't, that's not a doing it justice, but it makes me feel good to talk to you who have gone and found your own way to this path of, of betterment. And I just, I really do think that that's the coolest. And, you know, I, I was an asshole when I was a kid and I'm just a refined asshole now. And uh, so I look back and I think like, man, I shouldn't have done that or I, I could have done this or, or, you know, and I have some some regrets on, on that table and, you know, how I communicated and interacted with you. And then you just disappeared. So now I no longer have the opportunity to remedy that even if I wanted to. And then you just went and found yourself. And I, for me, that's just like the, the coolest twist of, of you disappearing out of my life and then returning was you going on on your journey and finding at least that path, you know, not to say that you have it all figured out because I don't believe anybody has it all figured out, but your, your perspective has dramatically changed. And, uh, even just in like the small physical scale, like you were a bigger person, then you got much bigger when we fell out. And then now you're, you know, you're, you're fit and you're like healthy. Oh yeah. Into that. Like you, you have had this, literally physical and mental change that I have seen in so few people, uh, if any ever. And it's awesome because you just went and did it on your own and found your own path. And I, I'm not good at phrasing it, but it's, it's <clears throat> dude, it makes me so happy to hear it and talk to you. And I've wanted to talk to you a bunch, but I'm, I'm glad that we're going to get some of this on, on a podcast. Cause that's what it's all about, man. It's, Oh, it is. And I mean, I was like, man, like there were, so many days throughout pretty much the decade, you know, that I've isolated from everyone, you know, that I thought about you and Spencer and Skylar and all of my, you know, old friends. And then I would, you know, be in the present and realize, wow, like I don't have any friends and, you know, um, but, you know, listening to you is uh, it actually brought back a memory and it's actually a little scary. Um, uh-oh. Yeah, it was uh it was about a year ago and I'm in the middle of, you know, working out and um you know, uh eating better and trying to meditate and just trying to relearn myself. You know, I realized that I lost myself completely and I needed to find myself and you know, heal some deep wounds. And so I uh you know, start to get up around 5 5:30 every morning to go for a run. And, you know, first I'm walking because, you know, putting on socks is difficult enough. Um, but mm. eventually I start jogging and I am getting towards the end of my three mile run. And I get a flashback of a memory of when I was like 10 or 11. And that's right when like Red Bulls were was coming out. Right. And energy <laughs> drinks. And I was always confused. Like why do we need to 
get energy from a camp, right? I was like, well, how is that possible? And my dad was incredibly depressed and taking antidepressants and was, you know, really, you know, working on getting in shape as well. And as a young kid who, you know, didn't have his mind fully developed, you know, I was going like, why are we taking a pill to try to become happy? That didn't make sense to me. And hmm. I remember, seriously remember going, I want to get super big and very depressed to see if I can dig myself out of the hole without any antidepressants or surgery or diets or whatever. Hmm. And then I'm running 10 years later going, holy shit, why the fuck did I like challenge myself to do that? You know, <laughs> you know, but it's just, it's hilarious because I knew at a very young age, you know, what type of struggle I was going through. And, you know, I was incredibly depressed trying to kill myself through fast food, Matt. And very mm -hmm. ironically, it's a very slow process, uh, you know, um, very slow process. So, I mean, the food comes down very quickly, but the dying is very slow. Um, and, uh, you know, to realize, wow, you know, I am, I went from a waist 46 and now I'm a 34, you know, through, Whoa. you know, through not just will, but having faith in myself and compassion in myself and choosing to give myself all of the blame for where I was in my life so that I have all the power to fix that. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a very powerful feeling you know, to realize that you can be responsible for both. That's awesome, man. That's absolutely awesome. And I'm, I'm glad that it has affected you in the way that it seems to me that it's affected you, if that makes any sense. Cause yeah, you know, there's always a face, face value of something or this, that, or the other thing. And you know, people that, I don't know, I've, but I'm I'm glad that you feel that way because that's how I feel about you. Yeah, I just I just want to connect with people. You know, I I truly feel like we are all connected. You know, we all share that self-deprecating perspective of us and we all feel like we're different in that way, but we share that together, you know, and you know, throughout this, you know, pandemic and politics and all that, you know, um, I have come into some situations in my life where, um, you know, the best things in life are truly free, Matt. You know, when I'm really in my Zen state, you know, um, I had, I was working at Verizon at the time, helping out a customer and we connected and had a good time and she walked out the door came back two minutes later and said hey who 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 owns the chevy malibu i said hey it's me and she's like i just hit your car and so i walked mm -hmm. out and you know huge debt on my left side and her car's fine and she's shaking and she's about to pull out her 
you know, card and everything. And I'm like, Hey, how is your car? And she said, it's fine. And then I said, look, I have a dent on the other side of the car. You just evened it out. You know, why don't we just, you know, <laughs> not get anyone else involved? Cause it's really not a big deal. And she broke down into tears and gave me a hug and we held each other for like 15 seconds. And that was hmm. one of the, most magical memories that I have of someone hitting my car, you know, right. like that's amazing. I feel so amazing that I was able to have a connection with this stranger that I just met and something bad happened and the car doesn't matter, you know, but her shaking and feeling fear and being overwhelmed that mattered to me, Matt, you know, and I wanted to make sure that she was okay. Cause my car was fine, you know, and no, I can't open up my passenger side door, but I look really cool when I go in it, you know? So. <laughs> well, it, yeah. I mean, that's like such a, a, an analogy for so many things. Like the, it's the lesson that I've similar lesson that I've learned was in being evacuated from the fires all the time. Right. And it was like the third evacuation. The first evacuation was like, oh, man, we got to go. I got to get the Xbox. I got to get, you know, this is my favorite pillow. I got to get the TV. I got to get this and that. And all this is my favorite book. And then the second evacuation was like, oh, I got to get less stuff. And by the third evacuation, it was like, no, no, no. This is just stuff and none of it matters. Right. And uh, it, you know, it, it's stuff is just stuff. But like it's people and that's like why i keep doing the podcast is like people are amazing and complex and you never know when a, a little tiny conversation can have a dramatic effect on somebody's life and it's the little stuff you got to take the time to be like dude it's just a car door and you know maybe she's broken she's trying to feed some kids or yesterday or dad you don't know what she's going through exactly and for you to just let her off the hook, like, listen, man, you got a whole life of worries to worry about. Don't let this be one. Uh, you know, it's, it's just a little bit of like, Hey, we're both just people. Everybody is just people and everybody in their own way is amazing. And I, it's, it's pretty rare to find those moments and it's even rarer for people to actually like embrace them and uh, follow through with it because yeah, you're just like, Hey, yeah, give me your insurance. And I'd like to get my twelve hundred bucks, even though this is a two hundred dollar door or whatever. Right, and somehow I wasn't in, in in the car, but my neck hurts and my back hurts now. And um, <laughs> sure. no, but you know, like you know, I live in Coos Bay, Oregon, and this is a very like Republican county, right? Um, and so you know, like I hear a lot of grief around wearing masks or politics and stuff like that, and you know. It's, it's hard not to have that initial judgment, right? You know, where, like... Well, yeah, it's your environment. I am really against politics as a whole, right? But I have, you know... I can have strong feelings about our former president, you know? Um, and yeah. about, you know, the direction and, you know, whatever. But I have met some amazing people who supported that president, you know? And I got to... Just if, if we're able just to scratch beneath the surface just a little bit, you realize that, you know, politics is just stuff too, you know? Right. And a lot of this 
stuff that divides us, you know, like we need to work on getting past, you know, and the only way to do that is to do what we're doing now and just have a, you know, a real conversation and to be vulnerable, you know, which is hard to do, but it's rewarding as well. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love my job. You know, I hate cell phones, Matt, hate them, you know, but I sell cell phones, (laughs) you know, um, but I talk to every one of my customers and we end up talking about our kids or life or about staying positive or about, you know, our dreams or desires or aspirations or family or friends. But we just we end up talking and having these really deep, powerful conversations. And I take so much from it that almost nine times out of ten, like my customer goes, wow, like I was expecting like a phone and an activation fee today, not a smile on my, you know, like, (laughs) and that's just like, wow, like I'm getting paid to meet these people and connect with them. And I need to be able to do that outside of work. And I want to be able to do that as a job or a career, you know, kind of like what you're doing, you know, this is the way to solve, solve it all, you know, honestly. Well, mine is an un very unpaid uh, well, it's a, a net negative project because there are some amazing people that donate to the podcast, but it's, you know, it's a net negative project, but I do it for myself because it has meaning to me and it, it realistic. The reality is, is it forces me to continue to have meaningful conversations, which is the one thing that I have tried to avoid my entire life. Um, it is and tough. it the more that I do it, the more that I understand and appreciate that. And the more that I understand and appreciate people and what it is that I'm doing, but it's still like, dude, I, I mean, we used to hang out every day for months and months and months and then had a little bit of a, a break where we went our separate ways and then reconnected. And it, dude, I get the same way every time. And, and I always try and like blow past it because everybody on the podcast goes, I don't know why you want me to be on it. I'm not interesting. I got nothing to say. And I, I try and let people know, like, no, everybody's interesting. And I want to talk to you because you're interesting. But on the inside, like, I always panic. Like, ah, oh, dude, I don't want to. Every time, I don't want to do this. I got to, you know, have a, a, a connect with someone else on a personal level that even if it was only one other person to listen to. Like, I don't, I have a hard time connecting to my parents when there's nobody else in the room. Yeah. And now I'm doing a podcast. But it's it's forcing me, forcing myself to do it. And, uh. But it's it's every before every podcast, I, I get a little like, ah, geez, here we go again. I got to I got to do this thing that I'm uncomfortable with doing, but it, it makes me a better person. It makes me progress. And I get to have these conversations with people that are important in my life. And that's I mean, that's humongous, man. Yeah, it's I mean, and, it's it's I admire. I mean, man, Matt, I've admired you since I've met you. Honestly, I'm not. Don't do that. I know. Uh, But it's, it is like, (laughs) (laughs) it is true though. You know, like I have really looked up to you, you know, I mean, I have Mm. told strangers about, you know, my buddy who, you know, I don't even think you were out of high school yet, you know, but you wanted to go to fucking Germany and you fucking saved up every little penny and, you know, like you did it, man, you know, like that right there, you know, like man, like you wanted to do something and you did it. Like how, like, 
it's very complicated in my head, you know, like I want to do something. And then I think of everything that's going to get in my way. And then all the things that, you know, I should be doing instead of it. And then I hear my father's voice and then, you know, I just don't do it, you know, but, you know, mm. here I am, you know, struggling with confidence and, you know, one of my best friends is like, you know, conquering your life at the time, you know, and obviously, you know, that was from my eyes, you know, you were obviously going through a lot, you know, um, all of us are, you know, but through, through my eyes, you know, there you are, you know, you know what you want, you know who you are and you are not ashamed to be it, you know, and I respected the crap out of that, Matt. That Germany trip for me was my, uh, and I didn't do it on purpose, but what it wound up being was that was my adventure out on my own that really helped me learn about myself. Um, but one of the things I want to, before I forget to get back to it, one of the things I want to touch back on, like you were talking about making connections with people in your, your job and, uh, as you say, selling phones, it's, I, I came across a thing and I don't remember what it was or what the specifics were, but it was, uh, I believe it was about Japanese culture and the, the, in a nutshell, the idea was, you know, there are, especially in the United States, there's a lot of work, uh, and jobs that everybody looks down on. But what I was reading at the time was if you just take something and, and are passionate and care and claim mastery of it, then everything will kind of follow behind. So, and I, I've, it started off as a Japanese cultural thing, I believe, and there's a, a bunch of different papers and things, articles on the topic. But if you just care and are passionate and, and involve yourself deeply in anything, like you can be a master dirt farmer or you can be a master you know, grass seed grower who sells grass seed by the megaton. But if you take the time to invest yourself and be passionate, kind of everything else falls afterwards. And it's, it's my third party perspective is you are doing that in your current position. But what I would throw at you is you have made the best of your environment, which is absolutely noble and falls directly in place with what I'm trying to say is take anything and make it better be proud of yourself for doing it you know you sh nobody should be ashamed of any work that they're doing unless it's something that they don't want to do um but it's i you can do that if you know it is well let me rephrase it it's possible to do that in most environments is what i'm trying to say and it's and it's i cool that you found that in your environment um because you know it's like if you're not a doctor or a lawyer everybody looks down at you and if every time I meet up with someone from high school and they go, what school do you go to? I'm like, dude, I did three years of high school and I'm a part-time bartender. And then everybody looks down at you. It's like, yeah, but I'm doing what I want to do and I'm living a happy life. <laughs> and I, yeah, it's not about the outward perspective. It's about how I feel about it every day because, you know, I've insert person here. Like, yeah, I haven't seen you in seven years, but listen, dude, I spend every fucking day with myself. Mm -hmm. So I'm way more worried about what I feel about it than how you feel about it. Yeah. You know, and since, you know, I have to be with me 24-7, you know. <laughs> There's no breaks, like, dude. 
<laughs> I better start getting used to it and start liking it or enjoying it. You know, like I need to be my favorite person in yeah. the world, you know, and it doesn't need to be egotistical, you know, but I need to go, wow. Like I, if you walked into every situation, truly caring about your well-being, I think it'll make some really smart choices every time, you know, um, we just don't tend to do that, you know, cause we care about a lot of other people's, you know, thoughts and feelings. Um, I think most people don't ever f- understand or find that. Um, and I, I think that, uh, well, my view on it is there are some people that, that do exactly what you're doing and most people never do. And if you take that attitude, you can just be successful in everything because it's, it's a mindset and a, like a personal path as opposed to insert, you know, job or, or work here. You are and there's, redefining you the definition, find, you know, fair, but, but it's cool because it's, it really just comes down to, you know, and I've had a hard time accepting this but in doing the podcast it's forced me to understand i have affected a lot of people's lives and on paper you look at what i've done and it's very very unimpressive on a a culturally acceptable scale but i have affected many people's lives and you do the same just by caring and and being a decent person and and investing yourself and you can do that anywhere and you're doing that at your work i think that's fantastic thing yeah i mean it's you know you're right i want to be happy whatever i'm doing and wherever i am you know there's a very famous saying you know wherever you are there you are you know your your problems and everything else will come (laughs) with you right um and another great saying that i learned is that you know our brain is a supercomputer and our self-talk is the program that runs it. And knowing those two huh. things, you know, I realized that I needed to step out of the maze that I was walking in, you know, and you can go to your same job and all of a sudden have a different perspective on it, on it all, you know, and that's what I was able to do during my downtime. I don't sit on my ass and go on my phone and browse social media. Okay. (laughs) I have my earbuds in, I'm listening to an audio book and I'm walking around the store in circles. I average about 20,000 steps a day, you know, damn son. And now my, it's no joke. and, And now my body is like, well, we don't like sitting anymore. You know, like, you know, our body is like, Hey, like, we can put on socks successfully check, you know, let's start, you know, moving around, you know, and it's getting, it's breaking that mindset that I was stuck in and realize, wait, I can look at this in a whole nother way. And the cool thing is that it's still the same thing. You know, there's that saying that my, my dad raised me on sayings and quotes, you know, like I have 40 billion of them. And uh, one of my favorite is you can look at the Golden Gate Bridge from the south side of San Francisco and see all of the overcast and the traffic and the ugly parts of it. And you can look at the bridge from the north side of San Francisco 
and see the shining sun. You can't see any of the cars, but you can see the beautiful bridge and everything. Hmm. It's the same bridge. We're just looking, you know, right. and we tend to have one perspective, you know. Some people probably tend to have one perspective their whole entire lives because we don't realize right. that we can shift it, you know. I was I was raised on switching my perspective is weak. Hold my ground. They're wrong. I'm right. Hmm. You know, being able to bend and adapt and grow and learn and understand that's, that's strength in my opinion. Yeah. It takes a long time to understand that you might do all the homework and research and feel very strongly about something, but you still might be wrong. Yeah. You know, it's, it's true. And I know that, you know, reconnecting with you, like I had, have so many ideas, you know, that are all half finished, you know, and I want to be able to complete them, you know, and act. What do you mean by that? I, it's taking action, you know, like I have, like I started a book, but I never finished it. Um, you know, I created a nonprofit company last year and had a really cool project mm -hmm. that I was able to help out a lot of people um, that yeah. I haven't done more with it, you know, and, you know, it's, it's mostly because, you know, I'm still learning myself and what I can juggle and what I can focus on. And, you know, sometimes I just need right. to drop everything and sit with myself and, you know, figure out what's going on, you know, because like right now I'm feeling amazing and, you know, feel really content and full and happy. Um, but I also have, you know, tough days as well. And, you know, I kind of get stuck in a mindset again and go back to maybe old habits. And, you know, that's something that I want to build that recipe so that I, I can be consistent, you know, you know, I'm figuring, well, I think... figuring out what I need to do, you know, like, hi, my name's Ryan to be a, you know, happy and successful person. I need to you work out in the morning, you know, I need to eat, you know, well, and not overeat, you know, I need to listen to music and read books, you know, like I'm able to say that, you know, I'm figuring out things that I like again, because I realized that half the shit that I like, I, I like because other people like them. That's a, a very strong thing to admit. And I, you know, I think it's, well, I don't know. I always think things, but they're only from my perspective. But for me, like trying different things has been so important. And, uh, you know, like I started a T-shirt company a long time ago and it went terribly because I didn't know what I was doing. So I was working for like a dollar ten an hour. Um, but, you know, it's like I've tried archery and I've tried hunting and I've tried sewing and I've tried welding. And I, for me, it's you throw shit against the wall until something sticks or or. I, you know, just expanding my mind. Like I, I'm interested in this. I'll try it out. And some things I stick with, you know, like I still weld a little bit here and there. Not that I'm good. Don't ask me to do anything delicate. Um, but I, I think it's important to continuously try new things or hobbies or whatever it is just to keep your brain growing. And, you know, you can read that's part of it. But for me, it's important to physically do things. Experience. Yeah. Yeah, and because that's how I learn. I try something and I fail at it horribly, or I try something and I moderately succeed, or I try something and I fail horribly, and then I have the drive to do better. 
And, you know, it all kind of comes back to like, you know, I can give you an analogy for how welding has made me a better bartender or how sewing has made me a better boyfriend. Like it's, it's everything is connected. And it's just the more you do and the more you experience, I think the better it, it is for you as a person. I agree. I agree. I, I think walking through doors only opens up more doors, you know. And it is, it is, you're not going to stick with all no, of it. it, it you got, you got to try but something. it doesn't have to like, like that, like you don't have to stick with any of it, you know, just, you know, just, just right. live, you know, like that's so incredibly in, inspiring, you know, to, you know, go, Oh, well, well, I want to try to do it. You know, like, again, my process is a much more complicated process, you know, and most of the time I end up not doing it. And, it's because of that fear of the unknown, you know, you've been able to, sure, you know, break through that fear or even grow up without even, you know, knowing about that side of it um, and been able to experience, you know, a lot of life, you know, and, you know, nothing is concrete, you know, and it doesn't like, I think that's where, <clears throat> you know, when someone finds, something that they're really passionate about, you know, they tend to stick to it. And then eventually, you know, what I see is they become unhappy and unfulfilled. And um, it's because like, they're not, we're not destined to do just one thing, you know, we're destined to learn about ourselves and about this life through experience and connection and, through that, you know, we learn, you know, what's important, you know, what isn't, you know, I, I see my father struggling at 61, you know, um, with some things that he's been struggling with my whole entire life, at least. And, mm. you know, it's something that I, in the past would have resentment for him. Cause I would be thinking like his child. Um, mm. but as a man now, I can tell you that I am, I, I feel compassion for him and I'm very grateful that he's choosing to go through those um, lessons and that I'm able to see those and not have to experience that. Um, That's a wise way of looking at it. Cause one of my big revelations was, Oh, parents are just people. They are. They're just flawed people that are, given the best they can or doing the best they can with what experiences they've they've been given or experienced it's like they're just nobody knows everything nobody is completely on top of it we're all just kind of winging it and doing the best we ideally doing the best we can with what we got yeah but when you're a kid just it's impossible to understand that because you know it's the rule is absolute why can't i eat cereal for breakfast i hate you you know doesn't make any sense. And then you get a little older and you think, oh, because it has zero nutritional value and you get all coked out for 30 minutes and then you fall asleep in school. And so that's why you can't eat cereal. But it took me 25 years to figure that right? out. You know, and it's like, you know, <laughs> and like it's it's funny because, you know, I I would go like, why, why? Why did I take so long? You know, I'm 32. Why did it take so long to start working out or eating better or whatever? And, you know just to feel grateful that I was able to learn, you know, at the time that I am, you know, I, I think that's what my dad struggles with is he struggles with time. He doesn't have enough time. And if you always mm. think like that, then you will never have enough time. 
you know, but if, you know, if we capture just the moment, you know, we've learned so much from it. You know, my, my favorite story is uh, the story about John Lennon um, from the Beatles. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> it actually, this is, it's the beginning of my book. Um, and okay. when John Lennon was five, um, his mom told him that the meaning to life is happiness. And so the next day, John went to school. And his teacher gave him an assignment. What do you want to be when you grow up? John wrote down happy. His teacher said, Hmm. you don't understand the assignment. John responded, you don't understand life. Hmm. And, (laughs) you know, at a, when I was younger, I was like, okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. Right. Now I, I feel like I, see the full picture okay we we do have the assignment matt you know you know my, my assignment is to be a dad and to you know have some sort of income to pay my bills and to you know feed my children and to raise them and to provide what i need right that's the quote-unquote assignment um we tend to forget about life you know and the more important half of you know, what that uh, experiment is, you know, and we need to be happy being able to do the assignment, but also to, you know, live life. If that makes sense. I think it's very, very well said. It's, it's strange because it is both so very easy to be happy and also so impossibly difficult. Uh, to be happy like it's it happiness doesn't you know with rare exceptions like do you get to eat food do you have clean water do you have a place to lay down that is safe at the end of the night um but after you are you're after your basic needs are met like and i've read like study after study after study in america the number is somewhere around 75 or eighty thousand dollars a year when your income gets to that margin the difference between a, a job that pays $80,000 a year and a job that pays $4 million a year, it's like minuscule returns on the happiness. Like after you can afford to eat and, you know, have a place and be content and safe in society, everything after that is, is just how shiny is your stuff. And uh, it, it really solidifies in my mind, like happiness doesn't come from necessarily being wealthy because you I, and I I'm go back and forth on this because you have to have some money in order to be meet, meet your basic needs. Nobody's happy that makes $10,000 a year because you're hungry and your house sucks and you walk to work. But once you get past all the basic necessities, like it's just, you know, Elon Musk versus a, a, a guy that's been a plumber for 20 years. Like the happiness is just all relevant to your outlook on life and the people that you surround yourself with. Yeah. And, you know, it's there isn't anything else to it, it's you just... know, to but you know, think about if someone who was making nothing. All, all of a sudden was making 10,000 a year and was able to walk to sure. a job, you know, like yeah. for me. Yeah, I've, I would be very 
probably very stressed and unhappy, but I bet you that person wouldn't be, you know, and it's, it's, it's all relative for sure. It is. And it's, it is, you know, this is the age of spin where it's kind of hard to, you know, believe whatever you take in, you know, cause you just don't know anymore. You know, um, being vulnerable is not cool. You know, it's, you know, <laughs> it's very scary. You know, um, normally a lot of people have, have uh, their, you know, guards up or, you know, only show the, you know, good parts of them. Right. Cause they don't want to be judged or feel maybe the way that they feel. Um, and, uh, I mean, I just think that, you know, if we can change our perspective, you know, and I, I live in a very small house, you know, I have a lot of things that I can choose to be stressed out about a lot of things, you know, and, you know, if I said them out loud, I think a lot of people would go, wow, like, how is this guy even, you know, happy right now, you know, Mm. but I have so much to be grateful for, Matt, you know, just to being able to talk to my old friend again to, you know, where there, there was a point where, you know, was I ever going to be able to talk to you again? You know, Um, you know, just I have a roof over my head, you know, yes, they're slanted. And if I go too far to one corner, then I, you know, need to shrink myself down to Frodo. But, you know, that's, (laughs) you know, like, I have a roof over my head, you know, like I have a car that has over 200,000 miles that the fuel gauge doesn't work, you know, but I have a car, you know, like it's just, there's so much to be grateful for in this life and, you know, to be happy with next to nothing is ultimately my goal in life. You know, I just, I want to be happy. I want to, connect with others you know i think you touched on it you know a few minutes ago like you we really don't get the flowers when we can still smell them you know we don't realize the type of impact we have on people you know because you know almost never almost never you know and you know i think we both realize that this is bigger than a whole lot of other stuff, you know, that this impact and this conversation can affect one person, you know, and to maybe even just have a mood switch, you know, boom, like mission accomplished, you know, maybe this conversation saves a life. We don't know, but having, having this connection and, you know, being able to have these meaningful conversations is so fucking good for the soul. It really is. I absolutely agree, man. And it, yeah, I, I have a, I have a lot of ongoing theories, but uh, one of the things that I like to say is the starving kid in Ethiopia whose belly is protruding from his body because he hasn't eaten in four days. That kid is exactly as stressed out as Kim Kardashian. And the only difference is, you know, their environment. But I've, I've, I believe this is my unscientific, uneducated opinion that humans are only capable of, you know, feeling so much, you know, on a, on a, like, if you put it on a graph, a person can only feel so much stress and then your stress is, is relatable to your environment. And, uh, so, you know, if you took Kim Kardashian, when I'm going to make up a scenario, like say her, 
ring was misplaced or something. I don't know, some $10 million ring. Right. The way that she feels physically is exactly the same as that kid in, in you know, Ethiopia that it's like, oh, he's on day four of no food, but day five, he didn't find any food. So now he's stressed. It's the same level of stress. It's just a product of your environment. So, you know, I, I'm grateful that I grew up broken. I'm grateful that when I flew the coop, I got even more broke and made bad decisions because that gives me that forced perspective which is like you were saying, like, yeah, you've got a house and you've got a car with some miles on it. And maybe the roof's not perfect. And, you know, maybe it doesn't have AC and you have to roll down the windows by hand. <laughs> but you got a car, dude. You got a house. You got a place to crash. You got people in your life that care about you. And it's and that's why I say, like, happiness is so easy to attain, because it's, if you just look around and, and, you know, you turn the tap. Do you live in America? You can turn the tap and then you can drink water with very rare exception. And it's clean. You can drink the hose water here is better than entire countries have yeah and it's like it's that sort of stuff and and you can go i made this joke a long time ago when i was broke you can go to the store and you can buy a 24 case of purified individually bottled water for like two tenths of one hour worth of work at mcdonald's (laughs) like purified individually contained water bottles was like two dollars and fifty cents for a 24 pack and it's like that that's fucking magic dude yeah well you take you take it for granted you're like oh it's refreshing it's an off-brand i want dasani or or fiji or but it, it's like you're splitting hairs here dude you have that case is worth a thousand dollars in some lands uh but we have so much going for us and for me that was why traveling has been so important is to get that perspective of people don't have you know, in Vietnam, Vietnam is a beautiful, wonderful, amazing country, but there's so many houses that just don't have a front wall. Really? And I don't, I don't know because, because nobody spoke English, so I could only communicate with very few people. I don't know if it's a cultural thing. I don't know if it's a financial thing, but it's just like, oh, your just house doesn't have a front wall and it's just open. And so people walking by can just see into your living room. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that, dude. I personally, I wouldn't like a front wall in my house. The house I live in has a front wall, not to brag, <laughs> but I really, really enjoy that front wall. And I uh, bet you, you probably have a working gas gauge too. Oh, um, Hey, you know what? You know, what's really messed up. Grass is always is I rode my, no, I'm kidding. What? I rode a, a motorcycle today and it, my motorcycle has a gas gauge, which is like most motor, even new motorcycles. Some of them don't have gas gauges. So, I feel like a one percenter, right? Now. <laughs> right. You know, but it's, <laughs> it is, you know what? It's, it is true. And I mean, and that's why, that's man, that's why I'm so grateful to have gone through what I've gone through, you know, because I remember forced, forced perspective, dude. I remember how big I was and trust me, getting skinnier and healthier doesn't make you happy. I realized that I realized that, Oh, like, you know, just because I feel like I look better, you know, and I'm maybe more attractive, like that doesn't help my happiness. You know, I'm like, okay, check, you know, like obviously I feel much, so that's a, much better. Right. But go ahead. That's a, a, a one that I've only, and you know, I've only read about because I haven't experienced that personally, but uh, it, there's a lot of focus on, you know, like people's physical appearance. Um, but, you know, 
not a lot of people talk about that. Like, hey, sure, you lost weight, but like, that doesn't make you feel better. Doesn't make you feel happier. Do you still feel, you know, I've I've talked to some people that say like, yeah, I lost a hundred pounds, but I still feel like I'm I'm the way that I was before, even though physically I don't look that way. And um, it's I don't know. It's it's interesting to hear your take on that because. You know, you, you see someone on Instagram and they're like, hey, boom, I did the slim fast and I lost 100 pounds. And you think, oh, all their problems are solved. They must be happy. But that's not necessarily the case. No, no, it's it's yeah, it's it's not even close. And the funny thing is that, like, because we focus on the physical appearance, you know, that's why, you know, one of my biggest secrets to anyone out there who wants to lose weight is never fucking weigh yourself. Okay. Um, because I love that you said that because Melissa, sorry, oh, I'm just going off real yeah. quick. Mo- Melissa, she runs a, a fitness and fighting school and she was on the podcast a long time ago. And that's one of her biggest things is stay away from the scale. Yeah. You know, like I was, I was improving in like my distance and running. Like I was looking better. I was feeling better But anytime I stepped on the scale, I would get depressed, you know? Why does that number mean more than how I feel or how I'm looking, you know? And then, you know, digging deeper into it, you know, once I, you know, take out the scale, why does how I look more important than how I feel, you know? And, you know, I wear, you know, George brand from Walmart, you know, because they're comfortable and they're cheap, you know? Um, But it's like, it's, it's all within, you know, it is all within, you know, this outside environment, you know, can change, but, you know, I'm going to be me wherever I am, you know, and if I'm not happy or if I'm stressed or if I'm unsatisfied, it's not, it is not what other people are doing, you know, and that was one of the big lessons that I learned through my relationship with, my family, my friends, and my ex is that I would look for the next thing to satisfy me. You know, is it Pokemon cards, Yu-Gi-Oh cards, magic, Warhammer, girls, alcohol, weed? You know, I was trying to, you know, get this external source to make me happy and content. And when I found the mother of my children, and when she found me, we placed our happiness into each other. And, and hmm. I said, Hey, um, I'm not happy without you. So I need you to do exactly, you know, whatever you did to make me happy, but I'm not going to express it. And here's all this responsibility. Good luck. And then she did the same thing. And when obviously she didn't live up to the task, cause that's an impossible task, you know? Right. And when I didn't, you know, like we would separate, but we were unhappy separated right so we would get back together and you know my happiness is my own responsibility you know i'm really happy talking to you matt but i can't give you responsibility to make me happy you know it's just not realistic and so with that's with that said it comes from within right yeah that's a really complicated thing that you know you just went over with with you and your your ex like the uh, the amount of self-reflection and time that it would take to figure that out i feel like 
would take a lifetime in itself. And the fact that you have already figured that out is very impressive, man. I, that's a deep, complicated thing. You, we are all are responsible for our own happiness, but it's very difficult to keep that in mind, especially when other people are involved in your life and there's life is very complicated. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I lived my life in the back seat, hoping that, you know, someone could create a cool situation that I could be a part of. And hmm. I lived, you know, I experienced a lot of depressing birthdays and I was actually reflecting on that. I always get really sad on my birthday and it's because I want someone to do something special for me, you know? And I was reflecting that a hmm. couple of weeks ago and I was like, wait, why don't I do something special for me? Like what, you know, like, and it's like, <laughs> It's it's so easy, but you know, again, we dress up our problems to make it as complicated as you know possible, and so it's just it's so funny to just be able to switch that perspective, you know. And again, all of this stems from the worst night of my life, you know. And you know, I I'm now finding gratitude you know, and creating gratitude. And now I can go and clock in and go, wow, I have the power to make all of my coworkers miserable right now. You know, we all have the power to do that, you know, whether we let them make us miserable, right? But we can start being very miserable around people, you know, and our energy can be so big and thick that we affect other people, you know. The cool thing, Matt, is that, we have the power to make everyone's day, you know, again, they need to be able to accept that. Right. But I can clock in and have very insightful conversations with all my coworkers and customers and connect with them all and, you know, take them out to lunch if I wanted to, or do, do a good deed or help out with transferring content or whatever, you know, and I'm creating a more positive outcome around me and in my environment. And now I'm having a, having, a, having a good day, you know? And whether they were having a bad day or not, I have created a positive experience for myself, you know? And it's infectious. It is more infectious than COVID, I promise. <laughs> I 100% agree with you, man. A, a positive attitude as well as a negative attitude is absolutely contagious. And uh, it especially, you know, like the work, I, I hate focusing on jobs because jobs are such, there's so much weight on jobs, uh, you know, and that's always my least favorite thing is in, when someone says, hey, what do you, what do, you do for a living? And uh, I try and mitigate that by saying when I do ask that question, which I try to avoid, I say, what do you do for money? Because if you sat someone down and said, hey, you'll make a million dollars a year, it doesn't matter what you do, what would you do? Most people aren't going to be like, I'm going to be a, a plumber or I would like to be a, an electrician. Or Some people would. Most people wouldn't. Most people aren't in their workplace due to passion. Unfortunately, most people are in their workplace for money. Right. Um, but the other side of that coin is work is a place that we go to for extended periods of time and spend extended periods of time with other people that you develop a unique bond with because you see them frequently, but they're not necessarily 
in your personal life. You know, like I come home and I have a girlfriend that I love and live with. And then I go to work and there's a bunch of other people that I spend hours every single week with. And then we clock off and and we all fuck off and go our separate ways. But, you know, you're going to see them again tomorrow. But it's so it, it, the workplace is a, a strange dynamic. I kind of went on a tangent, but you can you can affect your coworkers in particular because you spend so much time with them. Like if you show up and everybody, oh, how are you today? And if oh, you know, well, I I only found one clean sock and oh, I'm out of laundry detergent and you know how it goes because I got to mow the lawn, but my lawnmower's broken and. <laughs> Or you show up and it's like, hey, how's your day, dude? Oh, dude, it's a fucking sunny day. It's February and it was 80 degrees on Tuesday. It's it's beautiful. There's a couple of clouds, but I got to, you know, I rode my motorcycle because it was so warm at 9 a.m. And it's just, it's all the same stuff. Like lawnmower is still broken. I still got to do this. I still got to do that. It's just, what are you, what are you focusing on? And just that initial conversation that you have with people that you say in the workplace, like, that can set the tone for the day and how you, how, how are you dealing with stuff all the time? Like I'm, you're not the dude that's like, you know, you show up and you open up shop and employee shows up. Hey Ryan, how are you? You're like, Oh dude, my car doesn't have a gas. (laughs) And to be fair, nobody wants to fucking hear that. Right. Because even if like, maybe I just was juiced because I just got my lawnmower running and my grass looks great. And then I show up to work and I go, Hey, Ryan, how are you? And you're like, dude, my gas gate don't work. I don't know. I want to get dog, but uh, this, I don't have a dog door. And I don't know if uh, it's going to die one day. I'm going to be sad. <laughs> now you just ruined my day. Right. Or the alternative is, you know, it's like, hey, maybe my, I just put my mother to rest because she just died. She's got, you know, syphilis or something. I don't insert, I'm not, I'm just going on a tangent. So I show up to work and I'm sad because my personal life sucks. And then I walk in and I go, Ryan, how are you? And you're like, dude, you know, yesterday some lady hit my car and uh i told her it wasn't a big deal and we had this big embracing moment and it was like the dopest day of my life now you've just altered my perspective immediately and now i'm thinking i'm like oh you know what the world is beautiful people are good and it and it really starts with like it really starts with right when you wake up you know truly um but i have gone into work and not even, you know, like me and my boss have this thing where, and she's probably in the same boat. Even if we don't feel like it, we say to each other, we're going to have a good day today. And like even fake smile, you know, and maybe deep down, like right. I'm sore, I'm stressed, you know, but we communicate to each other. We're going to have a good day and we manifest that good day. And it's easy to wake up and go right to the phone right and start spacing out on something or go to the controller or start stressing about whatever right well you're setting the tone for the whole entire fucking day right there you know like i i woke up and me being such a you know flake you know i woke up a little bit tired and go oh god am i going to be able to do this podcast you know and (laughs) yeah i now have to remind myself look, this is how you feel right now. Like, give yourself a cup of coffee, start running, do this, and you're not going to even feel close to how you're feeling right now, you know? And it's true. But I have held on to that initial thought to dear life to where it has now affected my whole entire day or week or, you know, month or relationships or life, you know? It's, it's, it is as simple as it looks, you know? 
it's just like sometimes it's just baking it till you make it you know and i am i am working and realizing that our brain is super powerful and very strong and i want to get to know it more you know like i realize that i have thoughts right those thoughts aren't my thoughts though you know like just because i have a thought about something doesn't mean i have to attach myself to that thought you know it's just it's right. just a thought you know and so now every time i have a thought I go, oh, you know, that was a thought, you know, and I let it go because my brain as a kid raced all the time. It was hard to focus. I stuttered. I had a horrible speech impediment. You know, I couldn't hold a conversation. I was very, you know, it was, it was hard, oh, you know, I forgot about yeah. that. And now I can have really cool conversations, you know, and I don't even think about it because I am present in the moment. You know, and it, I, I feel enlightened from it, you know, and that's like, that's the type of stuff I get off on now, you know, fuck porn, Matt, you know, hop on this enlightenment <laughs> shit, you know. It's so, so cool to see, you know, objectively how far you've come and, and on your own, uh, that for me, that's a real special thing to to observe and, and see. Yeah, it's, I think it's awesome. It man. is, you know what? And you have, man, you have gone a long way. This is something that I've been wanting to do and hopefully I can do more of these episodes. Um, cause I really enjoy the conversations and I can tell you that like, it's not even 5% of the stuff that I want to talk to you about that, you know, like, I want to go back to like Cromarty High and the Man Show. Oh God! You know, <laughs> so like there's some shit that we need to unravel. You know, rewinding the track on that dude, one, dude. I it's still one of my favorite shows. <laughs> that was that was on DVD too, right? We got that on DVD. Where did we even get that? From? I you know back when like Sam Goody was still a store. Um. Yeah, it's, you know, those were, I mean, some amazing memories, Matt. Some absolutely, like, amazing memories, you know, doing Warhammer and staying up super late. You know, there's, we we never really had many conversations quite like this. Um, no, I tried to avoid them my entire life. Yeah, and, and I, yeah, and <laughs> I just couldn't get there either. I did really good you at know, it. You um, know, but <laughs> there are some times where, we were able, like, I don't know if I sh should bring this up, but, you know, one of my the most special moments is um, when, when we went to your uncle's funeral. And um, it was actually a time where I was kind of losing myself and trying to, you know, I was... Are you talking about uh, John? Uncle yeah. John? That makes and, sense. And, um, you know, we were kind of distant at the time and uh i remember showing up and just being so fucking filled with so much grief and sorrow and uh i just remember you driving to my house after and i don't even think we said anything but we just hugged man and fucking cried and it was something that like you know i was scared because our relationship and friendship was 
on the rocks and, you know, we were able to just not even without words, you know, express how much we kind of meant uh, to each other, you know, um, through a very difficult time for both of us. You know, it was it's something that I think about. That's a, a really good summary for this entire conversation, you know, because we had some superficial, realistically irrelevant disputes that didn't mean anything. And uh, you still yeah. there? Oh, okay. Yeah, we had some some silly, j- dumb shit, you know, high school crap between us. Uh, but, you know, that was an important moment in my life that you were there for. And, so that, and that was that. That was the two of us coming together as people that were important to each other, despite all of the meaningless garbage that we thought was important, but wasn't. Yeah. And, you know, here we are, you know, what, 15 years later, you know, doing <laughs> doing the same thing, you know, and now I'm now I'm on your podcast, man. And just as better people couldn't be couldn't be prouder, you know, and and just even after this podcast, you know, I want to you know, send you some of my ideas. Cause I know that I can learn from you. I have learned a lot from you, Matt. And I know that I can continue to learn from you. You're one of my greatest friends that I truly appreciate. And, uh, you know, there's definitely a yin and yang perspective for me. And you're almost that, <laughs> you know, I'm the thinker and you're the action that, taker, you know, and, I'm ice and you're fire, you know, like, you know, you were always the Sith and I was always the Jedi, you know, and that's definitely true. The Eldar and the chaos Marines, you know, so it was just, <laughs> it was cool, you know? Yeah. I, I appreciate that, man. That, that has a lot of meaning. Yeah. And, uh, you know me, dude, I'll, I'll always give you my, my input, whether it's right or wrong, I'll happily give it to yeah. you. Yeah. No. And you know what? That's, and <laughs> you know what? It's, it is funny. You're very careful when you're communicating to uh, express that it's just your point of view and, you know, this is what you're seeing through your eyes. Right. So that maybe, you know, people don't start taking things offensive and, you know, start putting up the shields or whatever. Right. It's, it is smart, you know, but it's something that like you would probably have to do with me in the past, you know, and it's something that I have learned, you know, I really appreciate people's points of views because it is allowing me a different perspective. You know, I don't have to attach to it, but I can always learn from it. That's a really good way to look at it. And it's funny what you said, because I don't do it to not uh, insult or upset people. Um, because that's something that I'm also very bad at is <laughs> worrying about insulting people. But I do do it because I, I know that I am so heavily biased in my thoughts and opinions. And I've also seen it happen where you go up to someone, you go, hey, what do you think about this? And they go, no, for sure, absolutely, this is what's going on. And if someone is confident, you go, oh, man, they must be right. And then so often people don't know what the hell they're talking about. So I always try and that's, that's why I'm cautious about it, because I have a knack to be confident. I'm just a dude, man. And I'm not, there's so many other more wise and smarter, more intelligent people than me. Like, so that's why I try and preface it. Like, here's my very biased personal opinion. Take it or leave it, but know that I am not a doctor and this was not peer reviewed. (laughs) Right. You know, but (laughs) I mean, people can't say that nowadays though. You know, like, you know, people go, no, this is 
facts and I'm willing to kill you for it. You know, like, and that's just a scary world that we kind of live in, you know, is we kind of hold on to our guns, you know, and I have no guns, you know, so (laughs) I've experienced the, the other side of it where I've discussed a thing with someone who is brimming with confidence and thinks they know what they're talking about. And I happen to be heavily educated in the subject. And then I wind up just getting frustrated and usually walking away from the conversation because you're not dealing with a conversation based off of reality or facts. You're just you're dealing with a conversation that's based off of emotion. And it's it's not even yeah no worth discussing. Like, what am I going to change the way you are on a cellular level? You don't know what you're talking about, but you don't know that you don't know what you're talking about. And you don't care. Exactly. And so sure, dude. you know, it- Whatever you say. And that's where it's like, why waste the, you know, energy, you know? And, you know, there are times where people are like, oh, fucking stupid ass mask, blah, 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 you know? And the only thing I say is, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm not a scientist, you know, I don't know much, but if uh, me wearing a mask can help someone else out, then I'm willing to do that. So, and if I'm wearing a mask yeah. for no reason, then whatever, then I felt like I was helping someone else out. So, you know, and it's, you know, it doesn't have to be political, but I just share with whoever the person is, you know, expressing their point is that I really care about other people and this is what I'm choosing to do, you know, and I don't even say that they're wrong or right or anything. I just let them know that this is the path that I'm taking and that I'm not going to fight you on it, you know. That's a good way to put it, because if you wear a mask, in front of someone who doesn't believe masks, they're not mad at you for wearing a mask. But if you don't wear a mask in front of someone that wants you to wear a mask, now they're worried about their life or their... So it's like you... the the amount of insults and, and insecurity that you cause by not wearing is greatly, potentially greatly outweighed by those that do. It's like, that's why I just, just put on a mask. I, every time I go anywhere, wear a mask. And sometimes someone will say, you don't have to wear that. And it's like, well, you know, I'd rather be overly precautious than underly precautious because now if you sneeze outside, everybody looks at you like a leper. Yeah, no. And, and, uh, and, it's like, just wear the damn mask and make people come. Yeah, then even if you don't believe every it. time I hear, oh, Ryan, you don't have to wear that. I go, bro, I didn't brush my teeth today. It's really bad breath. Okay. We're do, doing go. both of us a favor here. Okay. Good to flex. You know, like, it's like shoes. You like, know? Someone shows up without shoes. Like, what are you, what are you doing? You know? right. But if someone is wearing shoes, you don't go, why are you wearing shoes? It's like, just, just wear the thing and then play. play. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't care about people's opinions about other things, you know, but I would like to get to know that person, you know, and I think that is what you're doing, you know, it's that you're realizing that everyone has a story, you know, and that it doesn't matter, you know, their race or creed or religion or political views, you know, because everyone is so much more than that, you know, and it's time to, you know, start spreading that chain of, Hey, you know, there's that one guy who chose to actually get to know me rather than being defensive like other people do, you know, that was really cool, (laughs) you know? Um, And we can't make people change, but we can create opportunities for change, you know, and that's what I want to do. Let's be the maker of opportunities. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. I like that. 
create the opportunity. Yeah, you know, and trust me, you know, like, it, and it kind of went with my uh, mission statement. I'm pretty sure I sent that to you uh, with my yeah, it was nonprofit, great. you know, and, you know, I've had a million second chances, you know, and I didn't take half of them or most, you know, most of them, you know, and I failed on a lot of them. But, you know, there's that one one time when I called up my dad and, you know, I needed to move into like a week to week rental place and I needed 700 bucks. And I told him, I said, look, this is what I need. Okay. I'm not trying to get a lecture. Okay. But I need to turn my life around and this is what I need. And, um, you know, he, he, he gave it to me and that is where my, you know, journey started, you know, to redemption, you know, it was me getting that second chance, but I was asking for that second chance and I did something with it, you know, and, you know, everyone deserves a second, second chance, you know. A second, second chance. So, <laughs> I love it. They just swallow a lot of pride for that, too. It's, you know, it's... Yeah. And it's... To to the whole point of this thing is it's... To some, $700 is a life-changing moment. And to others, $700 is insignificant. And if you weigh that out, you know, when somebody calls you up and says, this is what I need and this is what is happening. And you don't know how that's going to go. But, you, you know, you, you're like, well, I, this is what I, what I need to do. And so I'm going to take that, that swallow the pride and take the, the verbal licking or whatever is to come from the future. Or you can hold this over my head forever, but you needed that at the time. And you reached out to, to people to make that happen. And, I, you know, I've been on the other end of that where I didn't do it and I suffered for it for years. And, uh. But you got to, I guess you got to come to that breaking point. And it's, I'm, I'm glad that you did, man. I'm glad that he helped you out or was able to help you out because it's like, if you said that's what put you on the right course, man, that's what a turning point. Yeah. No. And it's, you know, it, I am just so grateful, man. You know, um, I've been able to write a lot of cool verses, you know, um, that, kind of expresses the chapters of my life, you know, that I've gone through. And I actually wrote a song called one chance and I wrote it for my dad and I, uh, read it to him on his 60th birthday. Um, That's cool. and, uh, the verse, it goes, uh, I know I burned some bridges from my best buds to my ex loves. Yes, I know I... Oh, hold on. I know I've burned some bridges from my best buds to my ex-loves. I hope to earn forgiveness. I've been a broken man, and I hope to learn to fix them, but I can't do it alone. Yes, I yearn for your assistance. See, I'm striving to be whole again, and you're a part of me. But the days are getting cold, my friend. It's getting dark and hard to breathe. I'm falling in. I need you. I'm calling all believers. I know that I can fly if I am the receiver. One chase. So, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, and so there's a there's a lot of meaning in that. It is, you know, and it's and it's and it's mine, you know. It's it, it was it's very specific, you know, and um, you know, I it's 
I just am getting on this kick and talking to you has only motivated me more, you know, that it really solidifies my personal legend, you know, of, you know, needing to be the person who I am, you know, and the best quality person who I am, because it's so amazing, not only for myself, but for everyone around me. And if I'm able to reach out more to other people, you know, on just being me, you know, I don't need to be fake me, you know, if I'm, you know, down, then I need to be vulnerable about being down, you know, and sure, you know, and connect, you know, but, you know, being me is the best option that, you know, to realize my personal legend, you know, and that is my goal in life is to connect with people and create opportunities for growth or change, happiness, or, you know, to feel the sorrow that they need to feel, you know, I've, it's weird. I've like every, almost every other customer that I'm getting, and I've talked to my boss about this because it's unreal. All of my customers have lost someone, a husband, a wife, a child. And, Hmm. you know, we end up having these conversations about their, you know, loved ones and, you know, I end up connecting with them and getting to know them. And a lot of the times we end up crying together because I'm just, I'm feeling, you know, so much of it, you know, and, um, you know, my boss, you know, walked up to me and, you know, she was like, you know, I truly feel like you're meant to have these customers, you know, and no one else, you know, and I've gained some really cool friends, you know, and hopefully helped out a lot of people. You know, and the the amazing thing about it, Matt, is that when I was young, I fantasized myself as like a martyr, you know, like I wanted to like die for this world and save everyone for some reason. It was like a, a sick right. and twisted dream, you know, and I'm realizing that I can do what I want to do, but I'm not killing myself over it. I'm actually getting stronger over it you know i'm 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 learning more about myself over it you know like what a what a beautiful thing you know to be able to realize and strive for you know it makes me proud of myself you know which is something that i haven't felt a lot of you know that is so important and and again so wonderful to hear because if your goal was to you know, hey, I'll sacrifice myself to to help everybody and make the world a better place. Well, now you're a, you've you've achieved that and then some because you're helping people and make the world a better place. But then, hey, you get to stick around yourself and then also be better at being yourself. That's the best. Exactly. You know, and it's um, you know, ladies, I am single, by the way. Um, <clears throat> uh, but <laughs> uh, but no, it's uh, you know, it's something that. I am, I've been trying to fuel the flame, you know, and build that recipe, you know, cause my mood can be a bit of a roller coaster sometimes. And so, you know, I'm trying to learn what I need to do, you know, to make sure that my downs aren't so low, you know, and so that I can be, you know, more efficient on what I want to do. And I end up being really happy because of it, 
And, um, you know, it's, it's creating opportunities for me. You know, I'm not destined to be a, you know, cell phone sales rep, you know, and even though I'm a great sales rep, I think I'm one of the best, you know, um, I'm not even destined to be, you know, a real estate agent or, you know, a car sa- or a laser salesman, you know, like I, I've, <laughs> you know, I learned a lot through sales about being able to connect and communicate with people. And I realized that, you know, maybe that's why I stayed in it for so long. Um, but there's going to be a time where, you know, I will probably have a nice income, you know, but definitely not have to work or clock in at all anymore, you know, and be able to live very freely and show some um, possibilities of different routes that people can take, you know, it's, it's scary, you know, like these, these cell phones, Matt, do, do we have anyone high up that anyone looks to, you know, that says, Hey, maybe we should regulate the usage on our cell phones and social media apps. And like, it's terrifying to me, Matt, like that right there, like people need to communicate on that because we're losing our social skills and we are creating so much more chaos because we're able to hide ourselves behind these comments. And so we feel so much confidence and saying whatever we fucking want and to, you know, just feed into our emotions, whatever it is. And, you know, there needs to be someone out there going, Hey, like try to use your phones as little as possible and actually look around and like, (laughs) you know, like no one is saying that, but that's what I am like. And it's so hard to do. You know, I have such an addiction on technology, you know, and TV shows, you know, and, you know, trying to break that because there's just, life is wonderful, you know, and outside is fun. And, you know, we've gotten so used to and trained to, you know, find distraction, you know, in, in right. this. and it's, it's not joy. It's just distraction. And I think one of our most important things that we have is our attention and we do not spend our attention very wisely. It's very easy to get sucked into the the cell phone thing. And I started, I put on the screen time monitor. It's like, oh, how much? Because then it it tells you like, oh, well, this week you're down 4% and you only spent six hours on the screen a day or whatever pathetic number it was for way too high. And then you think like, dude, four hours a day, that's almost a job. Uh, You know, that's seven days a week, whatever that is, 20, 30 something hours a week. You're spending on your phone, and then what are you doing? It breaks it down for you. It's like social media, X amount of right. percent. Uh, actual work apps, a small percent, this, that, and the other. So I started, because someone had brought that to my attention, the, the screen time thing, I started using that and then reverse engineering myself. It's like, well, what do you do? Like you said, what do you do when you first wake up? Immediately grab your phone. So then I started like trying to put breaks in that. So as a disconnect, it was like, okay, well, when I wake up, the first thing I'm going to do is not touch my phone and then make coffee and then consume one cup of coffee before I even touch my phone. And I get, you know, my excuse is there's always, I have 101 work texts from the bar every single day. So I start with that 
and then I go into this and then I go into my mail and then I go into Instagram or whatever useless app it is mm-hmm. that I'm doing. But trying to disconnect myself is, and I'm, you know, I have an easier time with it than most people, I assume. Um, but just the other day I was, I was sitting on the couch watching a, a program with Jennifer and it's the episode's over and Netflix is going to the next program. And my first reaction was, I'm going to grab my phone and check it real quick. And then I stopped myself and I thought, wait, why do I want to check my phone? And then it was like, I want to check my phone because I'm a phone junkie. Not that it's going to make me feel better at all. There's nothing on that phone that in the 30 seconds that I'm looking at is going to actually make me feel better or teach me anything. And then I didn't pick up the phone and then I felt exactly the same. And it's such a like superficial, I want to check it. And then you check it and then you still feel nothing like you, you don't get anything yeah, out of it. It's, it's putting our brain in autopilot. I've, That's a good and, um, and I have a very loud conscious, like it's really annoying. Like I always know what I should <laughs> be doing, you know? And, you know, like it's, I mean, I really appreciate it, you know, cause it's just, you know, maybe it's an angel or something, but who knows? Like there's this, voice that sounds a whole lot like me that always wants me to do the right thing and um you've always had that and we used to make fun of each other about it because you were always the good guy and then i just didn't get it and was the heartless asshole but there's a balance there man actually <laughs> there is yes you know? definitely i have to have people like that in my life that are like hey you don't good people don't do that and then i can learn and like oh yeah i shouldn't right i shouldn't say that to people but I don't know. I just get yeah. away with it, and nobody says anything until someone else is like, "Don't, don't, no, no, no. don't do that, dude. Stop, Stop doing it. that." No, <laughs> no, no. It's it is. It's really funny, you know, and ironic. But it's it's something where it's like I know that I can't turn my conscious off, but there are so many times where you know my brain was racing and racing and racing, and I was just thinking about things, you know? And then I realized like, holy shit, like an hour or hours have passed. And all I'm doing is I'm in my fucking head. I can't, I can't connect with anyone, even though they're talking to me because I'm only half listening because I'm still, you know, in my head, you know, and I'm not present, you know? And I know that if I use too much social media or too much of my phones or watch too much TV, and not enough exercising or reading books or listening to music or, you know, present time, you know, um, you know, my brain will start going back into autopilot. And that's when I make poor decisions. That's when I react to people. That's when I start becoming the victim. That's when I start overeating. You know, that's when I start becoming resentful. It's because I'm not, present you know i'm not you know who i should be which very grateful and appreciative to be where i am and i care about people because i care about myself first and you know it's it's a struggle that i go through and there are really good weeks and months and you know something might happen and i might backslide you know but it's you know i'm grateful to even be aware of that struggle 
you know, because I don't think a lot of people are really aware of the impact that it's having on our lives. People don't like to self-reflect. That's what I yeah. learned as a, a person that has decided to self-reflect in recent years. That's one of the first things I, I learned was like, oh, this isn't something that people do because why would you, it's a, well, I'm not going to say why, but it's a difficult journey to sit down and be like, I suck for these reasons. I don't want to do this anymore. That's a hard path to, to take up, but I think it's so important. Yep. And then, but it's very easy. And oh, oh, it's easy because if we just look up for a second, there's a billion distractions, you know, one of them is, you know, <laughs> yeah. in our pockets. Right. But it's like, wow, I really don't want to reflect, you know, so let me, you know, Oh, cool. I can do video games, watch the same show that I've watched, you know, billion social media apps, like distraction is easy, you know? And so now that we've lost the ability to reflect, right now, we just react, you know? And one of the first things I was always taught when I was a kid was think before I speak. And when we're in autopilot, we don't do that. We just react. We don't reflect. We don't go, wow, this person is throwing their views on me. You know, what can I do? You know, no, we react, you know, it's them. And it's just like, this is the war that we're going through right now. You know, is no one or not no one, but, you know, it's way easier to react than to reflect. Um, Definitely. And I, I, I actually posted something on Facebook. uh, I think it was last year. And I get these little quotes and little poems, you know, during my runs. And uh, I said, you know, it's really easy to hate and it's really easy to be angry. But I'm not looking for easy. I'm looking for love. And, you know, Hmm. love can be hard. You know, compassion can be hard. Change can be hard, you know. But, you know, what, what is hard, you know? Hard can be rewarding, you know, hard can be, you know, fulfilling. And so, you know, trying just to redefine, you know, what my life should represent for me. You know, if I want to call a banana, you know, a bowl, then I'm going to fucking do it. Okay. It's not going to hurt you. Okay. (laughs) But it's going to be, you know, me defining what I choose to define you know i'm you know no one is an expert matt okay i refuse you know people can be really good at shit okay but you know someone who has worked even their whole entire lives you know since they were 80 you know working on one thing i don't even think is an expert there's just so much mystery to this world that we live in you know there are theories now that we live in a hologram you know like there are, right. you know, so I have thrown out the whole entire playbook, you know, going, okay, like I'm 32, you know, I have a pretty good head on my shoulders. Let's try to relearn this world that I'm living in, you know, and figure out what's going on. And that's how I've been able to realize a lot of things in my life, you know, patterns, you know, lessons that I've needed to learn, you know, is I've been able to throw out the playbook and go, okay, why, 
you know, why do I like chocolate ice cream? You know, you know, was it because that was the first ice cream I got, you know, and that's, you know, what about this ice cream? Maybe I don't like ice cream at all. Maybe it's, you know, sherbet, you know, whatever, you know, it's something, you know, and that's what you do, Matt, is that you experience and you try, you know, and you learn. And it's something that I've always wanted to do is, you know, wake up and go, what do I want to learn today? You know, I want to learn how to cook a really cool meal, you know, and buy the ingredients after work and just decide to cook this awesome meal, you know, whatever, you know, and the (laughs) next day, you know, learn how to, you know, hacky sack again or do a cartwheel, whatever, you know, but that's when (laughs) we start looking at life through curious eyes, you know. And, you know, we start being playful again, you know, like, I mean, the kids have it right, Matt. Okay. Let me tell you. They really do, man. They're open-minded and they're curious and they don't have preconceived notions of anything. Yeah. So really strangely, actually, it was today or yesterday. One of my, every now and then I have a neat thought and I post it on Facebook for this reason alone, because Facebook doesn't forget. And then a year later they go, Hey, you had this thing that you wrote down. And uh, the the Facebook memory was uh, me having a thought of a situation that happened. So I was, I had had and have a Harley Sportsman. Okay. So it's a motorcycle that looks pretty typical to a motorcycle that assholes would ride. It's on the louder side, and uh, you know. And then there's me. I get off the motorcycle that is loud and looks like an asshole would ride. Um, and I have long hair and a beard, and so I check my helmet in my leather jacket and my leather gloves. And I leave them on this motorcycle and I park like 15 feet away from two eight year old girls selling girl scout cookies. And, uh, you know, guy that looks like he shouldn't, he should be on the no fly list. <laughs> just gone off a motorcycle. The, the mother hen immediately is looking at me. Like I'm going to grab her children, throw them in a sack and then ride my motorcycle to my murder encampment and then eat her children right. for dinner. That's the look she's given me. And, you know, like, I'm open-minded. I, like, I get it. I, there's the preconceived notion of exactly what I am right now. Not relevant to me. I'm just going to walk past this lady. Don't make eye contact. I'm going to go and I'm going to get whatever I was getting on a motorcycle at the grocery store. Obviously nothing big. And I get, like, within five feet of the girls, and the girls just come running up to me. And they're like, oh, excuse me, sir, do you want to buy some Girl Scout cookies? And it was like, mom hates me. I haven't even opened my mouth or looked at you and the kids, they don't see Harley or loud motorcycle or leather or beard or long hair or tall male. They don't see any of that. They just see person and people buy cookies and that's what they're there yeah. to do. And they're like, excuse me, sir, do you want to buy some cookies? And first off, the answer is always yes. I love cookies and I particularly love thin right. ones, but to spite the mom, I was like, first off, I was going to buy cookies the second you asked me. Second off, now I'm going to buy as many cookies as I can fit in my saddlebags because your mom has a preconceived notion of me and you sweet ass little girls did not judge me by the way I looked. So I bought way too many boxes of Thin Mints and I left there happy because the little kids had, they were just kids being kids. It was wonderful. And I, I, not that I said anything or was grumpy, but I just like hope that Mother Hen learned or saw that it's like just because I'm a dude on a motorcycle doesn't mean that I'm a bad person. I'm not going to steal your kids, and I support their cause. I think it's wonderful. I have a thing in my head which is 
if I ever see a child with a lemonade stand, I have to stop and buy lemonade from the child. That's awesome. Because I think it's a, I started doing it when I was delivering pizzas a hundred years ago. I think it's the coolest thing ever. And then I get out and then I buy lemonade and I always give them a couple extra bucks because they're not making any money off of 50 cent lemonade. But it's like, I think it's cool that they're doing that. If you did that as an adult, you would be a weirdo and it would be strange and they'd want you to have a permit. But it's like, it's just kids. Kids are doing it. They want to make 20 bucks or they want to get a badge for their Girl Scout uniform. And they don't, they don't have that. Uh, uh, they don't have a life long enough to have had bad experiences and associate those with preconceived notions. And they have that their brain is in full sponge mode, trying to absorb the planet and the universe all at once. And they're just learning as fast as they can. And I, you know, I don't have any kids and I work at a bar where the kids can't go. So I only experience it when I see other people's kids, Um, particularly my neighbor, Kelvin, he's got a few kids and I get a seat with them. And I got to see it with your kids too. It's like they're running around when we went to the uh, Scandia and they're playing arcade and like, they never right. met me. And you're like, this is my buddy, Matt. We used to be friends. And they're just like, okay, you must be. <laughs> right? <out."> you know, <laughs> like this would be so weird if you were an adult, but you're a kid. So it's just awesome. And right it's, away. you know, and it's hearing that story. It's because they're not trained to make a first impression. They're letting the experience come to them, you know, and it's, I mean, it's, it is hard, you know, like I have first impressions just on people's looks, you know, and, you know, I can walk down the street and it might be, you know, a little, you know, shadier of a street and, you know, see a homeless person and instantly start getting, you know, bad vibes going, you know, is he, you know, suffering enough to want to do something, you know, is he, you know, is it going to hurt me, you know? And, you know, it's for me, like I, I had that thought and then I was like, like this guy doesn't want to hurt me. This guy probably wants to eat something, you know? And (laughs) maybe he's, you know, and you know, maybe there was one experience that happened that spooked me. And now that I have that first impression, you know, I'm going to hold on to it and have it and then do everything I can to justify it. Right. But good deeds don't need any justification. You know, I don't need to justify being kind to a homeless person. You know, why would you ever, you know, and it's like, and that's when, I mean, the, the happiest I've been at was when I was, balls deep in my nonprofit and I was giving back to people who really needed some help and motivation. And I, you know, felt so good about thinking about anyone else besides me for a change and, you know, was able to change the perception that I have with someone or, you know, a class of people and be able to build compassion, you know, for that, you know, and I, I still suffer through first impressions of, you know, people and, uh, um, you know, but to be able to, you know, work through that, you know, and that's where I go and, Oh, that first impression, well, that's just a thought, you know, and those, you know, I, I'm not thoughts, you know, and yeah. so 
they're not always bad. I think that's why they right. exist. But I, I also think it's super important to to realize they're just thoughts. So, like, I live in downtown Fairfield now. So the guy walking down the street that's yelling at himself with no shoes on, my preconceived notion is that's probably a dangerous tweaker. That's not always the case, but that's often the case. And I, I think that's why they stick in our heads so bad. It's probably like a, a genetic, like, hey, you know, wolves are bad. Uh, well, not all of them because dogs are good. But, you know, most of the time wolves are bad. But it's super important to realize it's like, yeah, that guy might be a, a tweaker walking around with no shoes on, but he's still a person. And like you said, it's just a thought. He's not necessarily dangerous. And so, you know, it's like, but it's he's still a dude. He's still a, a person or a woman. It's like, it's still well, a human and, being. And, and, and it's human nature and, uh, to have that fight or flight, you know, um, response, you know. Um, and it, uh, I think it also really depends on where you're sitting, you know, with yourself, you know, I have lived in fear a lot, so I'm going to respond with fear a lot. Right. You know, someone who is, you know, deep in love, you know, with themselves, you know, will probably respond in a different way, you know? Um, And so it, you know, all of those things that I, you know, reflect on and, you know, try to figure out the, you know, omen that I should be, you know, learning from this experience or, you know, feeling, um, you know, is giving me, it's, it's, it's going back to the same source, which is me, you know, it, it, it just, it stems with where I am, you know, I can be so angry at my dad or I can have compassion for my dad or be angry at my ex or have compassion for my ex or at work or whatever, you know, but it really depends on how well I'm doing, you know, work can can be great. My day can be amazing, but it means that I need to be amazing and great. You know, if, if I'm sad and shitty, everything else is sad and shitty, you know? So it's, (laughs) it's, and you know, it makes it fun. You know, it's like, leveling up and upgrading you know i've tried to look at my life more as like a role-playing game you know and what you know feet am i wanting to learn today and how am i going to level up and gain some xp points you know it's a good way to put it because you don't want to be stagnant you want to continue to improve and, and be better yeah you know and try to think it one day at a time is another big thing you know i was reading a book called start where you are and it uh it's about having compassion for yourself so that you can create compassion for other people um and um and that book yeah really really helped with you know one of the theories behind the book is you know treat every day like a dream you know we go to bed we sleep we have these dreams it seems like sometimes a lifetime and then we wake up and we have this you know day right and then we go to bed and that day is over you know so i try to do my best on definitely not stress about the past because that's you know over but net definitely try to not worry about the future but just to worry about what's right in front of me you know and 
you know, focus on what I need to do, whether what I need to do is pointless or not, you know, I'm taking out the, you know, cat shit out of the cat box, you know, like I'm going <laughs> to. Back. Yeah. I don't know what happened there. I uh, like to be dramatic sometimes. So. <laughs> dramatic exit. Uh, yeah. I leave so... in the middle of the plot. You want to finish your litter box analogy or do you derailed? Yeah, just, you know, all in all, uh, you know, I try to just, you know, today is today, you know, and, you know, that's the only thing that truly matters, you know, tomorrow might come, I might die in my sleep, you know, who knows, right? right? So there's no point in stressing about something that may never come really forces me to stay in the moment i think it's good to do that and it's good to enjoy the time that we're given because like i said you never know some people just don't get it tomorrow eventually we all don't get it tomorrow but i think living with the mentality of i'm gonna die when i'm 75 or 85 or 90 or whatever it is 15 years into retirement i'm gonna die peacefully in my sleep like that happens for some people but a lot of people just get in a car accident or have a heart attack and so What's I don't want to live my life thinking, oh, in 30 years from now, I'm really going to start enjoying it because who knows, dude, I might check out in a week. I might check out tonight. Yeah, I I, I always wanted my death to mean something. Um, hmm. Going back to that martyr, you know, mentality. And, uh, you know, uh, I have good days and bad mean something now yep. i think that's more important oh, yeah, uh you kind of cut out there but I, what did you you said you're when you're i uh i am really working on making sure that my life means something that's huge. rather than my death yeah, absolutely man. you know that's huge you're here you know making a difference and i i think that's a, a good we should probably end it on that because we're already at like two hours i think that's why the podcast recording got cut off yeah uh right i think it's a good good note to end it on um but yeah I, i'm it is it's so nice to talk to you and it's it's without sounding cheesy like you're almost your your turnaround is almost toby tony robbins-esque and it's like your attitude is so positive and your outlook is so bright and you also my my favorite part about all of that which is good is that you haven't forgotten the the darkness or the downs or the the trips and falls that you have taken to get here and i think it's so important to remember that when someone is doing good it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows you didn't ride some magic carpet to happy appreciation land you know you had to stumble and fall on your face a bunch and then disappear from your hometown for a decade to slowly reintroduce yourself back into a, a place where you're now happy and Dude, I'm I'm so happy and I'm proud of you. It's and it's so nice to talk to you and and I don't really give a shit what it is that you do as long as that you are happy and you weren't that for so long and now you are on such a different path. That's yeah, that's so great for me to hear, dude. No, you know what? This was a really good conversation, and uh, it, I'm actually uh, I'm excited to stumble some more you know that's that is when we learn right absolutely and uh 
you know, um, I would definitely love to, you know, be on another podcast and, you know, we can talk about other things besides, you know, happiness and joy, you know, <laughs> um, happy, happy, joy, joy, yeah. you know, um, but you know, it's, it is really, really important, you know, to be able to have these conversations, you know, and try to, um, you know, talk about some positive stuff, you know, that is going on, you know, it's, it's important. And you re- reaching out to people and just taking action, man, is something that is very inspiring. And I know I'll be uh, reflecting, not reacting, but reflecting <laughs> on this conversation uh, for quite some time, man. Thank you. Good, man. And, you know, like I said, I, I, we got to do this more often without recording. Uh, and, yeah. And I told <laughs> right. you, like, we got to catch up with or without the, the mic. Just, that's a small, small part of it because I hadn't talked to you in, in months and I wanted to catch up. So, yeah, let's let's stay in touch. And, and I'm happy for you. And uh, uh, thanks for being on the show. And, and thanks for expressing yourself and, and going as deep as you did. And I never know how these are going to go. And I like I was telling you yesterday, it's like, I don't I don't want to think about it. I don't want to plan it out. However it goes, dude, let's just, let's do it. And dude, I think we could probably do another fucking two hours right now if we wanted, but I got to, I got to farm a noose, man. <laughs> right. No, totally, man. No, this is, <laughs> this is great, honestly. So uh, you, you have an awesome night, Matt. And, uh, you know, thank you for having me. This is something that I've always wanted to do. So yeah. cool, man. Uh, well, yeah, thanks for being on the show. And uh, I don't know. I'll talk to you sooner or later, dude. Roger that. All right, take care. Have a good night, man.